The 48 Laws of Power series is going to be a great way for future students and parents of students to learn about my wife and I, the founders and operators of Solid Foundations. In this series of podcasts, we will be discussing the laws of power and how we either use them or they use us. I'm sure if you are listening to this podcast, you are familiar with the Solid Foundation's mission. You know everything we do is to instill confidence in our youth. With that being said, I thought it would be cool to start a mini-series that allows us to tell stories of our past, particularly as teens and into our early 20s. These stories will describe how we personally fell victim to or used to our advantage each of the 48 laws of power that Robert Greene wrote about in his book. Don't worry, of course we will continue to do our regular program. We have plenty of guests lined up and will continue to keep uploading those important interviews. As always, I hope we deliver some value to you through our podcast. These episodes will best serve those who want power, observe power, or wish to arm themselves against power. Out of all the books that you've read, why do you want to do a miniseries on this particular book? I chose The 48 Laws of Power because, one, it's one of my favorite books, but I thought it had a lot of valuable life lessons in there that I could see just reading their stories. My mind was constantly digging and reminding myself of, of things that I went through in my past. And even though I didn't know those laws back then, I didn't even know it existed, I was able to relate those laws to what I have been through and to me it just it it gets me excited because it's new knowledge to have and when I can look back and I can some of the dates in there are talking like you know 500 BC or 300 AD we're talking hundreds of years ago even thousands of years ago that these same laws of power have been getting used throughout the centuries and if it worked for kings and queens and and famous aristocrats and 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 just powerful people that that you know i could use it you could use it all the teens and kids that if they learn it they can use it growing up and if they know that ahead of time to me it's going to make them more more powerful, more more stronger leaders, and I like history stories, so that's why I think I dug that book so much. Uh, we're not going to sit here and read all the histories. So I don't think there's uh, uh, maybe people that listen aren't as history uh, into history as I am, but I thought it did a great job of helping relate stories of the past to what we go through in our daily lives. So in this book, you have the transgressions of the law, the observance of the law, and the keys to power. Can you elaborate? And the reversal. Like, what does all that mean as far as the laws? So there's the law, and then Robert Greene will go into uh, two different versions of it. The transgression means when somebody violates the law, and he'll go into a story in history of when somebody violated that law and the consequences they faced because they didn't they didn't use that power and then he'll give you another example when somebody 
uh, what which he calls the observance of the law, which when somebody used it and how it benefited them. And so those those are the difference between the transgression and the observance. And he gives you he gives you those two details. Uh, um, in our series, you know, we're only going to choose one, either transgression or the observance, and 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 you'll hear you know our stories on that. Hi, this is Crystal and I have Gilbert here and today we are finally going over the 48 Laws of Power series. Today we're going to be talking about law number three and law number three is conceal your intentions. The judgment. Help. Here we go again. The judgment. Keep people off balance and in the dark by never revealing the purpose behind your actions. If they have no clue of what you're up to, they cannot prepare a defense. Guide them far enough down the wrong path, envelop them in enough smoke, and by the time they realize your intentions, it will be too late. So, are we going to be going over the transgression or the observation of the law, Gilbert? Transgression today. Okay. So, what's your summary of the transgression of the law as it has happened in the past? In history? In history. So in 17th century France, there was a, a lady by the name of, uh, and excuse my pronunciation of the name, Ninon de la Close. She was a courtesan or courtesan. Or a courtesan no, shot. And, uh, which means that she was a, a prostitute, but like a, a high-end escort for the noblemen. And so not a prostitute, an escort. I'm just look, telling you what the... <laughs> definition said but she she was uh, started at a young age and within in this particular um story she's about 62 years old okay. so it, there was a, a young nobleman who was desperately trying to court a young countess but although he was handsome and very talented in a lot of areas he lacked in any type of romance so at first ninon was kind of amused because she watched him fail miserably over and over but then she became uh started feeling like sorry for him and he was asking for her help so he she ended up bringing him in and putting him under her wing and came up with a whole game plan for him and at first she told him you're making yourself too available and too needy so what i what you need to do is start by Treating her like you are, uh, oh, your only interest in her would be as a friend. And just act real nonchalant, um, not like a jerk, but that you're just, you're fine with or without her being around. And so he did that for a while, which was a major change for this countess. It threw her off a little bit. And so they, you know, they could see it was working. Of course, Nina wasn't surprised. Next thing she told him was to surround yourself with beautiful women. So every time that he would go out, he would make sure to have a beautiful lady on his arm and then to make sure she had her entourage with her um, just so that he had multiple beautiful ladies around him. And that was going to make the countess jealous, which it, which it did. Next step she told him was to make yourself unpredictable. So all the places where this countess was so used to seeing you 
don't show up there anymore. And in fact, show up in different places that she wouldn't expect you. And that's just going to throw her off. You're going to, with all these things together, you're going to mix up so many different emotions in her. And it's going to, it's going to make her want you. It ended up working. And he got so far along in this progress that she invited him over for it to be just them two. And unfortunately, at that time, he decided to break the rules that Ninon had given him and confess his love to her. And in that instance, the Countess kind of seen right through all the all, everything he was doing and the spell was broken and he was um, ended up losing her and she didn't want to see him anymore. And that's the that's the summary of the transgression of that law. So what experience do you, did you have in your life when the law happened um, against you? So when it happened to me, there was a point in my career that uh, we used to subcontract jobs out a lot. And there was one particular guy that stuck out from the company that we used to subcontract to do our work. Uh, he was uh, a great worker, great attitude, and unfortunately in the business that uh, we were in, that was rare. So he stuck out and uh, we, we ended up bringing him on. We, we brought him into our own circle and he became working for us primarily. And we actually became close, I would say friends, you know, we, 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 uh, we worked with each other every day and we got to know each other on a personal level. And so uh, in our relationship, he became comfortable enough to let me know that he was having trouble become a becoming a citizen and me feeling close to him and wanting to help. He, I offered, uh, you know, if there's any help that I can do, just let me know. And, uh, and he did. He <laughs> let me know what I could, exactly the what I could day. do. <laughs> yeah, it's like he had it planned almost. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he let me know what I needed to do. And it, and it wasn't something, it was actually pretty easy. Like write up a letter and say, this person's been working for me. He's a great guy, blah, 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 all this stuff. But it did put me on the hook for him to be a citizen. So if he ever didn't pay his taxes or got into any trouble or anything like that, it could potentically come back to haunt me since I practiced, <laughs> since I sponsored him, as they, they would say. That's something you should have let me know before we got married. <laughs> you know, things happen. Yeah, jeez, that's a whole lot of responsibility. So it seems like, and you know, the timeline's a little fuzzy, but I would say a, it, it wasn't too long after that that we started to now get mixed messages from our crew because you know we ended up making him a uh, a, a crew leader because uh, you know he, he was talented in, in the type of work we did but then we started getting mixed messages that the the guys aren't liking him he's he's a he's a jerk he's an asshole and he doesn't care about um you know what they have to say and that at the time, you know, it's not uncommon for um, a lot of workers to not like their managers in, in at least in our in in, the, in our business. And so we, we 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 put that on the shelf, but we didn't. I didn't pay as much 
close attention to it as I as I should have. And uh, as time went on, we started hearing like weird things from from clients. Now, not not so much that he was an asshole, but more of along the lines that they were getting messages from him that he would be more than happy to do the work directly to him through him than through our company because uh, he was a he was his uh, what do they call it independent independent contractor, contractor that uh, we had helped set up his co- helped him set up his company so he didn't he wasn't an employee of ours so that was something a reality that could actually happen and of course so when we hit him up about it he denied everything of course you know I wouldn't do that you guys have been so good to me and um the, you know maybe maybe it's because I said this or said that and they understood me wrong mm. so a lot of a lot of the way I would say that he played me made me believe him more than all the red flags that were that were popping up and there was it wasn't until the end of a uh, end of a, a certain year where if you're in business, especially in the trades or um, your liability insurance wants to audit you. So they're going to go in and look at your books. And I, you know, I've always learned business the hard way. So I've been audited and have and I had to pay a lot out of pocket because I was running my contractors wrong. So I made it as clear as day to him that I needed to make sure that his ducks were in a row. I sat down and I asked him, you have your liability insurance, um, right? And he says, yes, I got it. And that's, just, that's that simple. You pay it and you have insurance. You don't, you don't have insurance, right? So he said yes. And along uh, came the the time to, to get audit, to get audited. But now, you know, I've learned to, to no matter what, always cover your own and cover your back. So I called my insurance carriers and uh, he happened to use the same the same um, liability company that we did because we helped him set up his company. And so I was making sure our ducks in a row were with, with our liability. And there was another contractor that we used that I helped him set up his business as well. And I, I wanted to ask some questions about his policy but the, you know, my insurance guy told me, Gil, you know, I know you've been doing business with us a long time, but I can't speak to you about another client that's confidential. And I said, okay. And when I originally asked him, I gave him the two names that I wanted information on. Mm-hmm. He said, but I can tell you about um, the guy's name was Sammy. I can tell you about Sammy's because he's not a client. And so that what came as a complete shock to me. And, uh, you know, so we discussed further, says Sammy hadn't paid for liability insurance in months. So his his um, policy had been canceled. And so that was like red handed. There was no there. He's he's directly lied to me. And I think that's what it really took was him. I know there's like no denying it. He can't tell me some crazy story, which he was really good at (laughs) of why. Or, or I misunderstood him. Like I knew he was wrong. I knew he was lying. And then all of a sudden, that just made all these red flags that I had seen in the past. I was like, "Damn, girl, you got you got played." So he definitely used the law to his advantage. Yeah, he used it 
Exactly. You use it to the T. And that's why when I read this story, I, I knew exactly uh, how it's affected me in the past. And uh, I, I, he must have, you know, he must have had this habit. I don't think I was his only victim because the company he used to work for used to tell us things about him. And then when I stopped his work for me because I, I terminated his, our our or any type of work relationship and personal relationship right then and there. But I had um, linked them up with a couple other um, people that he would do work for. So at that time, he still had some work to do here in the Santa Barbara area. He was actually lived in Oxnard, but he was um, uh, his he lived in LA for many years before that. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have like any really relationships here in Santa Barbara besides us. And so he was able to keep busy until he burned his last bridge when he got caught again red-handed. But this time, a client that he was trying to take from the person that hired him to do the job called their cus- their 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 um the the dealership and said, hey, I don't want Sammy ever here again because he's literally trying to take me as a client from you. And I just find that totally like, I don't like that. You had good ethics. Yeah, I don't like those those ethics. And <laughs> and that, that, that was that. That was kind of the last I've ever heard anything about him because like I said, he burned his last bridge in Santa Barbara and then he was... He was off, so I don't know what he's doing now. But yeah, that's my that's my story about that. Nice. I mean, that's pretty intense. Um. So some Q and A. Um. I think we should go into reading the first email, and this was from the first law, which was never outshine the master. Mm-hmm. Uh. So the email. In my current employment position, which is temporary, and I am using it as a stepping stone to get to a bigger program that will advance my career, I have a management team who is a very old who is very old school. While in theory they promote a very progressive work environment, in practice they do not excuse me, they do not like when team members question the status quo. This can be very frustrating when you know things can be better, more efficient, or safer. And knowing my long-term goal is not to change the organizational workings of this company and instead to a great letter of recommendation from my management team to help me gain admission to into my career development program, I bite my my tongue at times. In the next several months, I will be asking for my letter of recommendation and I will see if my my observance of this law has paid off. There has also been times when the frustration and emotions were so high i wanted to quit but i also knew my current position with this particular company is very prestigious in my field at my career level and that decision would only harm me so i calm my emotions recognize in the recognize in the long run i would only benefit myself by staying with this company since it's my since it was only temporary so this is when she used a law Law one. Law one. Yeah. So if you haven't heard law one, go back to the Forty Eight Law of Power series and, and go check it out. That's pretty nice. Um. So since we did do that 
a long, long time ago. I wonder how that went. So we should email her back. <laughs> um, so we actually have a question that I, Crystal, was emailed. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. This is really small. I was curious why you guys are teaching things based on manipulation and deceit. Honest question. Are you aware of this? So this question came from someone um, on my Instagram. And so I started questioning back and forth. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, did you read the book? And she said no. <laughs> and then um, she was like, did you even know, did you know that this book is even... Um, um, what was the word she like pretty much it's not allowed in certain prisons and to me I kind of found that funny because I'm like there's a lot that's not allowed in prisons um, so I the way I kind of took it as far as like or um, based on manipulation or deceit like these laws are out there it's kind of like having like when I when it comes to my teen like, I would love to just say, clean up your room and him do it, you know, but there's certain ways to talk to a teen for it to get done. I could tell him, clean up your room, and I will have to tell him 10 times. There's certain ways like, hey, you know, there's just, I don't know, that's how I am with my teen, and I see a lot of parents like that with their teen, like where you talk to them and you tell them certain things, and they just get so emotional about it, and it's like, and I, I've learned the hard way. Or, like, I tell my teen because I'm very direct and I'm very, like, harsh sometimes. And he's very not. So it hurts his feelings. So there's certain ways that I talk to my kid where it's not like, oh, you know, like, babying him. But it's also, like, so he doesn't take it so rudely. And that's where these laws are. Like, you, they're, they're certain, strategizing. They're okay. strategizing. Yeah. Like, communication. Like, sometimes you want to tell people to shut the fuck up. But you can't just tell them to shut the fuck up. That's just rude. In every situation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's my take on it. No, this is a. I, I thought it was a, it was a great question in order for us to shed light on um, not only on th this great book, Forty Eight Laws of Power, but the knowledge that lays within it. And I think it is real easy if you read the book and all the different laws to get wrapped up in like, like, uh, man, there there is some deceit and manipulation going on in here. But it, this book isn't a, like an instructional guide of how to get over on people. It's simply, it's a history book. It's only telling you what's went on for thousands of years throughout humans' life. And just making you aware of it. One, so you could choose to use certain laws if you want. Or two, that you uh, protect yourself from certain laws that you know are out there and are being used. Um, and what I like to... You know, what I like to, as an answer for this particular question, is we could say the same thing for, for martial arts. Like, martial arts is, the, the, the art is to either hurt or kill your opponent. Mm -hmm. And which would say that's violent, right? Mm -hmm. Very and much. And you're only going to cause harm to somebody if you practice your martial art on them. Um, and I wouldn't say practice, but go all out. In the art that you've learned. Yes. But just like there's the offense and the defense, martial art is crucial to our lives because 
it allows you to protect yourself, protect the ones around you, and also boosts your confidence knowing that if anybody tries to come and cause you harm, you have the tools necessary to protect yourself. At the very least, to put up a, a fight. Yeah. I would have to agree. I mean, just when I read that and I kind of um, put it with this book, it's it's every book, every educational book is out there. It's not there to manipulate you. It's there to educate you. There's sales books and those sales books, you can look at it as manipulation and deceit or a strategy. Yeah. I look at this as a strategy. I mean, if your intentions are to deceive someone, then that's your own then personal. It's a good book. It's a good yeah, book there too. It's your own personal. But you know? but if that, so you bring up a good point. If there's somebody whose sole purpose is to to lie to people and manipulate them to get what they want, while you being the good person, the opposite type of person than that, you should have this same book. Yeah. So you protect yourself against people like that. And on that note. Like, and I think that's just what's wrong with the world today is like everybody's so quick to make these very strong opinions and judgments and they haven't done the work themselves. They did not read the book. They're just going off what someone in prison said to them. And it's like, do your own research before opening your mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole another, you know, but thing, the- subject that we could talk for, I think, for hours on because there that happens every day people just see snippets of something or are told something and they take it as that's the that's the gospel or that's that's yeah. the truth i i'm i'm all, i'll always be an advocate of do your own research form your own opinion yes listen to others take in others opinions but then use it to make your own don't use theirs to make it yours i but i i thought i think that goes with the question because that question came out of the air that came out of someone that came out of someone's um opinion like it wasn't like it wasn't their own opinion correct but anyway so in conclusion we just wrapped up law three conceal your intentions judgment help why do i keep saying help keep people off balance and in the dark by never revealing the purpose behind your actions If they have no clue what you are up to, they cannot prepare a defense. Guide them far enough down the wrong path, envelop them in enough smoke, and by the time they realize your intentions, it will be too late. Thank you for listening. If you found value in this episode, please share it. Also, we get asked uh, quite a bit how can we support solid foundations? So I'm going to give you a few ways that um, you can, or if you have somebody asking you, how can they support solid? Here's a few ways. If you know anybody looking to buy or sell a home, refer them to us. We have um, my sister, Lorena Regalado, who's a licensed realtor. She's on our board. And uh, any sales or commissions that she received, she gives a nice chunk to solid to help um, support the program. Also, construction material. Every Wednesday, we have a work ethic class where we teach the youth how to build different things. 
and uh, that I would say that's probably the most costly part of our program is 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 buying that material. So if you know of any um, people who are in construction or you're doing a home project and you have things left over, we can use um, scrap material and any tools that you come across. Also, another way is to buy solid gear. Right now, we have hats and towels uh, ready in stock. The um, students also they'll be building things to sell so in the next few weeks in the work ethic classes we're going to be having them build things that would go in a home like um, shelves in particular is probably the things we're going to start with shelves that you could hang uh, pictures on and uh, kind of stuff that you would decorate your house with so that's another great way this will help the students earn a little bit of money but also get that satisfaction of knowing that something that they've built with their own hands is actually wanted by other people in their community. So that's a, that's also a great way. If all else fails, you know, you don't know, uh, don't have any homes that need to be bought or sold. No construction material. You you've already bought gear. Um, another uh, the last resort is our GoFundMe. You can go to our GoFundMe page and look up Solid Foundations program and make a, any uh, type of donation there. Uh, big, small, every everything helps. So again, I appreciate you listening to this episode. And until next time, take care.